Aren't you tired of the same content, the same subjects, the same phrases, the same delivery? It's weird at this point. Media Den wants to change that. You deserve a platform that will give you variety and a high-quality audio experience. And you can't forget a timely show. Media Den provides short-form podcasts that trim the fat without destroying the details. Now, you don't have to feel committed to what everyone else is talking about. Just niche shows that won't just interest you, but save time. Stay up to date with all of our shows by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts. Media Den Network. It's all in the content. This episode is brought to you by Only the Real Entertainment and Media Den Productions. Welcome to another episode of Real Hoops. This is episode 39. I got my co-host here, Cam. Cam, what's going on, brother? You know, um, another day, another NBA trade deadline. <laughs> I feel that. Absolutely, man. I, I, uh, you, you finally joined me this year because last year I was busy. This year, you, you, you on the sideline with me just watching the league. As a fan of the team, how you feeling about your Lakers? Do y'all make a late season surge? What's going on with y'all boys? Lakers should be fine. Lakers okay. did Lakers did exactly what they supposed to do. Stay put. Um, Cause well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get right into real highlights. I mean, look, listen, okay. at the end of the day, um I I know, you know, teams, especially, you know, the Laker fan base, they they get real antsy when it gets around this time, especially if the team is not um, producing the, the way how they want. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, they want somebody to go, right? And they come mm-hmm. up with all different types of reasons. But in actuality, the team is fine. I mean, there's been it a is. lot of just like circumstantial stuff that has happened. But, um, right. you know, if you can get healthy and if Darvin Ham can stop Darvin Hamming, then... <laughs> You know, things would be okay. Now, granted, Darvin Ham is going to continue to ham, but um, I think that we do have, you know, I think the Lakers do have the talent to be able to overcome that a little bit. And, you know, focusing on the buyout market, you know, will help uh-huh. out. Ain't no trades out there, bit like ain't no ain't no trades out there that's that's going like really like. I didn't see a life changing one for you guys for real, bro. So let's let's get in let's get in the trade deadline. Um, what did you think about the trade deadline that's happened? I mean, it's 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 been looking kind of weak. What you think about it? Yeah, for the most part, um, I think there's a couple winners. You know, I think the Bucks got a uh, locker room presence and 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 Pat Bev. I think the Knicks got better getting Alec Burke and um, Boba, Boba Vanovich. I'm saying your name terribly wrong, my brother. I'm Haitian. I'm sorry. Uh, but I think they got slightly better. Um, but other than that, I don't see no earth-shattering trades that's going to make me say, like, hey, you were teetering, and now you, you know what I'm saying, you got an opportunity to to go ahead and win. Um as as opposed to previous ones, it's like, you know, the timeline shook, the NBA shook. It's none of that this year. Um, I think it's because the NBA, I f- it feels like it's kind of wide open. Um, so I feel like a lot of franchises, as well as the new CBA, just stay put and see if they can, you know, try to get a run that way. Um, Bob market is going to be pretty interesting. The Thunder got Gordon Hayward, um, you know, another veteran presence. So, I mean, other than that, um, yeah, it's been pretty weak for the most part, bro. I'm not going to lie. 
So let's get into it. I'm just it. happy BBLR ain't on my team, brother. But <laughs> well, let's get into it. Look, um, obviously there's been trades that's been going on beforehand. I mean, just the day before the trade deadline, like, trade deadline started, um, the very last trade of that day, which was February 7th of 2014, um, there was a trade between Minnesota and Detroit that sent Monte Morris um, from Detroit to Minnesota in exchange for Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr. and a second round pick. So, you know, that kind of like, you know, started things off. Of course, you know, it didn't start off the whole thing. I mean, we all know the infamous trade, well, not infamous, but, you know, the biggest <laughs> trade that we've seen until the trade deadline, which was OG Ananobi going from Toronto to uh, New York. Uh-huh. Um, so, and it looked like they, you know, <laughs> Whatever that was sent, it looked like that set the market at that point. Um, and then to from honest, there, yeah. from there, we just you know we got we got into the trades. Um, some of the biggest trades that we see here is uh, Buddy Hill getting traded from Indiana to Philly for Marcus Moore yeah. Senior and for Con- uh, Corkmoss and three second round picks. Right. Um, we had another trade that was real interesting, which was uh, Gordon Hayward going to OKC. Okay, see you. Um, for you know some some players and some draft comp, when in actuality, uh, there was reports saying that Gordon Hayward was actually gonna possibly get bought out. What do you think yeah. about Gordon Hayward, um, and his position now? Because obviously he's been injured plenty of times, right? Um, and quite frankly, shoot, he's injured right now, um, right. He hasn't really been playing too much ball with Charlotte, but now he's getting traded over to the number one seed at this current moment, which is OKC. What do you think about that one? Um, I mean, I I, I felt like that was just we need a vet <laughs> type of move. Um, technically, Shea is their vet, um, but they need somebody else who's been around the league, seen a lot of things. Um, Gordon Hayward at one point was a star in this league. You know, granted, it was short-lived. Um, as you know, he got hurt his first game in Boston, and, you know, his career never really was the same after that. But um, this is somebody who's, you know, a 13-plus-year vet in the league. Um, I think, you know, because they're a young team and, you know, their need, um, which is glaring right now, is that they need another rim protector besides Chet. But I feel like they believe in their young guys, Um you know, meshing together, which is why they're, you know, the number one, number two seed has been teetering between four teams out there in the West. Um, again, I don't think it's life-changing, but Gordon Hayward is a respected vet in this league, so I just feel like they needed somebody of, of more age because that's a super, super young team, and they're enjoying a lot of early success. So it's uh, he's one of those guys that could calm them down when they get too hype uh, come playoff time. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, bro. Do you think that um, OKC has arrived at that point and that's really all they needed was just veteran presence? Mm, we got to see what they do in the postseason. See, I'm of the mindset that I believe in the Minnesota Timberwolves more than I believe in the o- o- Oklahoma City Thunder because I've seen Minnesota get a, get a game from the Denver Nuggets. I've seen the Denver Nuggets say that that's their most difficult series. Um, and they have an alpha <clears throat> an aunt who's going to demand things. Uh, Shay can demand things. I don't think that's his attitude, which is, again, which is why I lean back towards, you know, Gordon Hayward. Um, 
and already had that in, you know, as a person we discussed earlier, Patrick Beverly, to instill some of those good habits early on into his career. So I'm of the mindset, if I'm a betting man, I will pick Minnesota to go further for that very reason, more so than OKC. Um, I think they have to get uh, a playoff berth underneath their belt to see what they're like, because you can, of course, build off of what goes on in, in the in the postseason because a lot of things slow down. There's a lot more film, and you can see what your glaring weaknesses are. And I trust Sam Presti to go do what he needs to do in the offseason to get them help. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say they've arrived. We got to see what they do come April. Yeah, I, w- I want to see what um, they're going to do with all those picks they've been hoarding. Uh, right. They've been really storing right. all them joints. Like, they have a treasure chest specifically but- for picks. But see, that's the goodness in Sam Presti because he drafted so well. He already got the franchise player in the shade, and he got his, you know what I'm saying, his co-star in in the chat. And Jalen Williams is a dog, too. They technically already have their big three, if you may. Now it's about putting proper pieces around those. And how are you going to get that? Draft capital. Draft capital is a luxury to some of these guys uh, in terms of the general managers around the league. And, and Sam Preston knows what he's doing. He had a big three uh, and in the 2010s, and now he's built up another one right in front of our very eyes. So we have to see, um, you know, some of their weaknesses. I think maybe they're a rim protector and a veteran locker room presence away from competing for a title for sure. Mm. We got other trades going on. Um, we got the Knicks. What you, what, what's your thoughts on the Knicks? Obviously, the Knicks is uh, historically the Heat's uh-huh. biggest rival. Uh-huh. Um, and the Knicks, the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, laugh been, again. They've been getting bright. <laughs> <laughs> they've been getting stacked. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, James we, Dolan we ain't playing no type bit. of games. We covered it a little bit, but oh, gee, Jesus Christ, was he a, a glove? Ever since he went over there, I don't know if it's because we, we discussed him, right? He has elite defense. Uh, I, I, I slept on his intangibles because you don't see that a lot in Toronto. But the intangibles being on a bigger stage, having a bona fide superstar in, in a Jalen Brunson and another star in Julius Randle. Um, you're, they already had a utility guy in Josh Hart. He just adds to that. You know, he can pretty much fit right into RJ's um, system, but provide, you know what I'm saying, better defense. Um, and it's just, man, that team is fun to watch. I ain't even going to lie. Um, Jalen Brunson is a dog. I'm looking forward to see when, when OG and uh, Randall comes back. I think that trade helps, you know, Brunson out in terms of sharing the scoring load while both of those guys are out. But, man, they look like they're getting jiggy over there. Um yeah, yeah, the East, yeah, yeah, the East is gonna be a toss up for sure. Yeah, um, they're not, they're, they're not playing. They traded um for Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec mm-hmm. Burks. They already gave up Alec Burks what like a season ago or two yeah. ago. Um, so they yeah. get him back. I mean, he was a really good fit with New York as well, but obviously they want to get younger. Yeah. Um, and they got off that Evan Fournier um contract. That Evan Fournier yeah. contract been on their books for some years now, and Kevin um, and it got bad. In yeah. terms of the locker room, so mm-hmm. that's and, a W and, and see, here's the thing: like with his contract, he has a, a, a team option for his last year. So really, I mean, I believe his last year is next year. I could be wrong. I gotta look that up. I believe so. Um, 
that means that you know any team that gets him, they can decline his team option and save some bread. So really, mm-hmm. like his his contract was kind of coveted in that way. Um, so, you know, let's see if he actually hits the buyout market because if he does hit the buyout market or at least, you know, plays out his contract, at least he'd be able to, you know, get a little bit of value underneath his name because I know he's been trying trying to play. But um, Quentin Grimes is really the guy that I think that they really wanted um, to replace Alec Burks. I, I think that Quentin Grimes and Alec Burks is kind of like the same player, but just Quentin Grimes Kinda. is like younger. You know what I'm saying? You feel that way? Right. No, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know what I'm saying, a bait and switch, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Um the Mavs the Mavs had themselves a nice little off season mm-hmm. uh not off season but a trade deadline as well. Real hoops. They traded for PJ all Washington platforms. Tap Williams in and show and, uh, love. Seth Curry and a first round pick. So that I actually think that that was a really good move. Um Me too. and then they also uh traded for Daniel Gafford. So they gave up right. Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Holmes, mm-hmm. who is an undersized center. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he's 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 uh, assertive and everything like that. But he's right. not that Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford is a huge Daniel top threat. Gafford. What do you right. think about the Mavs? Do you think that they are uh, prepared to actually make a run for at least the Western Conference Finals? Um, it could be. Like I said, the West is in a super toss up, more so than. Any other time that I remember outside of 2011, I don't remember it being this insane before. Um, PJ Washington is a great fit because he's three inches taller than a Grant Williams, uh, and he could give you 15 to 18 points depending on the on a given night, which we know majority of the time they're going to help off of a Kyrie, they're going to help off of off of Luca. So this is somebody who could knock down shots, who could create his own shots. And then you got somebody like Daniel Gafford, who's a lob threat. Um, just last night, he dropped 14 and 13 for the Washington Wizards. So, you know, clearly he knows what he's doing. Um, and he's going to get a lot of easy looks at the basket because, you know, Luca's a supreme pick and roll maestro. So I think that's great for them. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes them better than, than the Wolves or the, or the Thunder or, or the Nuggets or Clippers. Um, I think that puts them right there at, I don't know, maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the playoffs. But, you know, and the, when the playoffs come, it all it all comes down to the superstars. So, um, you know, all bets are off. But, yeah, bro, I think that puts them right at the four or five spot in terms of the best in the West. But I don't know if they, they'll make it to the, the Western Conference Finals. I don't think so. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, um, you know, you had a couple other trades. Really, this trade deadline has been really kind of weak. Um, there hasn't really been too much going on. A lot right. of salary dumping and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. I mean, which you we're know, gonna keep seeing because of the CBA. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. So like, you you can't really expect anybody to really make that many moves right now. Everybody's right. kind of like staying pat. Plus, I mean, you know, people's really prepared for this new CBA that's gonna kick in next year. Mm-hmm. That is gonna like prevent teams from actually trading like big assets. Right. Um, so, you know, it's going to make things difficult. But, I mean, of course, you had other trades. You know, Doug McDermott came from the Spurs, went to Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, they they replaced Shooter. the shooting that they had with Buddy Hill. So, they don't they mm-hmm. don't lack in that department. Right. You know, Pat Bev goes over to the Bucks. So, I mean, he moves mm-hmm. from Philly to the Bucks. He's still in contention. Um, mm-hmm. But the Bucks get a little bit more, I guess, they need tenacious it. on defense. Just giving up cameras. Yeah, they needed that. They need that voice because Giannis is not that type of guy. 
uh, Damian Lillard, he's going some off-the-court issues. I don't know if you've seen this quote. This is something that I've been speculating on real hoops for a while, and he just came out and said it. Um, I don't think... I think he needs somebody like Pat Bev to essentially lock him in and to hold him accountable. People look at the stat sheet and they do not see the true value of a Patrick Beverly. This is somebody who's well-respected around the league, who clawed his way back into the league after averaging 37 in high school, going overseas, getting it out the mud, coming into the NBA, being a lockdown defender, making multiple all-defensive teams. Um and he's a voice. He's going to hold you accountable. He's a, he's a kid from Chicago, and he's going to tell you like it is. And it is what it is, man. Um, I think they needed that edge. Um, and he's familiar with Doc already. Uh, so I think, that was a, I think that was a smart pickup by the Bucks for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, quick question before we even get into real talk. Um, what's up? What's up with uh, the ability to be able to stack a roster that has Kevin Durant on it? How in the world are teams able to still give this man the amount of talent that he has every single time he gets on a roster? Like the man has been on a vet men the whole entire time. What's 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 up? I mean, it'd be looking good on paper. Yeah, I thought Brooklyn was gonna sink to everybody. Yeah, it looked great on paper. It did. You had Blake Griffin, who was one of the best power forwards in the 2010s. You had LaMarcus Aldridge, who was one of the best power forwards in the 2010s. Um, you, of course, had Kyrie. You, of course, had Harden. But they, they look good on paper. Them names look great on paper until it's time to lace them hoes up. Yeah, yeah, it look great on paper. Uh, the Suns, they look great right now. They look great on paper. But when the, when the game slows down, it, it, it looks a lot different. Uh, who is who is guarding? Who is checking Jokic? If you go up against the Nuggets and you're the Suns, he's going off for a thirty point triple double. I can pencil that in with my eyes closed. Uh, what are you doing with the Wolves? What are you doing with the Clippers? I, I mean, I even like the Clippers more than the Suns. So it looked good on paper until you roll that ball out. So I feel like Kevin Durant, even though he's an all time great. Um, what I'm about to say going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Can't. He's an all-time great, but the, the the fear factor, the the we can't give him this factor. The not voters fatigue, but league fatigue factor isn't there for Kevin Durant because he goes out there, minds his business, hoops, he tweets out a couple of people, and then he goes home. He He's not a demanding brand like a LeBron James. They'll never give him the same amount of help. He's not. Even though he's, I think he's a top five scorer to touch a basketball. It's just different. So you said, so As you, you think, can see he hasn't think, he hasn't won since Golden State. Even though it looks great on paper, and they help him out every year. So you think that he's gotten less help than Braun? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, he's gotten. He he went from Westbrook, who surpassed twenty five thousand points. Shout out to him. He went from Westbrook, all time guard, top ten guard. Top 10 point guard. And then he goes to that, to Curry, who I think is the second best point guard. From Curry, he goes to Kyrie, who I think is a top 20 point guard. From there, he goes to Book, who I think is a top 10, top 20 shooting guard. And he gets Bradley Bill. And he gets Grayson Allen. And he gets Bobo. You see what I'm saying? The names be looking good for LeBron, too, because he played with Derrick Rose. He played with Dwayne Wade. He played with Kevin Love. He played with Chris Bar- It looked great until you rolled that ball out, and it looked a lot different. So 
So while you may look at it on paper like LeBron had a lot more help than Kevin Durant, it's it's kind of the same, bro. It's kind of the same if you look at productivity. It's what you call nasty work. That's what you call it. <laughs> That's what's I'm called. I'm telling you, bro. Nasty listen, work. the league knows that Kevin Durant is a lethal scorer. Is he gonna do everything in his body to get you over the hump? Not really. Because he would have more than two rings with the amount of help that he has. Am I not am I not correct in my assessment? Yeah, I I mean I think that he would put his body through it, but I also do believe that, you know, they're like, come on, yeah, man, we I, need yeah, yeah. To what get you're him. trying to say is that the LeBron ain't gonna get that type of grace that KD has. Let's just call it spade a spade at real hoops. We talking real talk right now. He ain't gonna get that type of you know. Nah, yeah, we done, we done heard too many stories of I was supposed to be traded. I was supposed to go here. And I always wondered why. Why do Braun like that? Branding. League fatigue is a thing. League fatigue is a thing, ladies and gentlemen. They're tired. This man's career is allowed to drink. You heard what I said? His career is 21 years. He ain't supposed to be here right now. Yeah, he's supposed to be retired in Cancun with Savannah. Yeah. Come on now, they ain't giving him that much help. He already got AD. They they like nah, chill out. Man, I guess so. Man, before we get into real talk, let's get into this ad. Look, I don't know about you, but I like my hoops unfiltered, especially if it's about that Miami Heat. Heat Nation, stand up, here. If you do too, then tune in to Real Hoops. There's nothing better than hearing straight up unadulterated talk about ball and all the chaos that comes with it. You can go find Real Hoops on all podcast platforms. Go enjoy and run it up for your boy. Year. All right. Um. So, again, in the real talk, it's today has been um pretty much Kobe statue day. Uh, I mean, you would say Kobe day, but Kobe statue day eight twenty four. Right. Well, two eight twenty four. Um and Kobe statue has been revealed, and the Lakers also announced that not only will he have a statue, but he would have three statues. This statue was made like you know when he was still alive in terms of like just the ideas behind it, the concepts, what he wanted, how he wanted the poses, etc. Um, so the three statues is gonna be one with him in uh his number 8 jersey the other one with a number 24 jersey but then the other one is his daughter Gigi so what do you think about the whole statue with Kobe obviously is i mean is it is it deserved in your brain is it not um what's your memory of Kobe i mean just just give us Kobe um it, it, it hurts my heart every time I talk about him. It's a soft spot for me. It's a soft spot for anybody who loves basketball um, because he's supposed to be here to see that statue, man. And it, it just hurts. Um, Kobe is one of those few players that made me watch the sport. Um, I watched him drop 81 in 2006 when I first started watching basketball. Um, you know, outside of Dwayne Wade, uh, Carmelo and LeBron James. He's just his will and imprint on the game is forever etched. I watched him one time play against the uh, New Orleans Hornets back in the day when they had Chris Paul, and he was shooting terrible for three and a half quarters, and he ended up clutching the game for them. That just embodied who Kobe was. He embodied hard work, <clears throat> and he embodied Lakers. You know what I mean? He came in, and we literally watched him grow up from a 17-year-old kid to, you know, when he uh, dropped 60 
on the Jazz to walk it off and save Mamba out. Um, the league watched him, not only the L.A., the league watched him grow up, become a man, airball those shots, um, and come back a starter and then a star, then a superstar, then a megastar. He built himself up. He built his brand up from, from scratch. He clawed his way. He didn't have an easy. This is a 13th pick for somebody who was coming out of high school in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Coming to L.A. So everything was stacked against him, and he became, I think, the greatest Laker of all time. So it's absolutely well-deserved. Both of his numbers, his Hall of Fame careers in themselves, let alone his whole career. Um, and he's always wanted to, you know, wear the Lakers in front of him, and he's never shied away from it. Um, and, you know, there's just a class that by the organization to make sure that when you see the Lakers, you see Kobe Bryant, and, you know, it'll live for generations on. So... Um, I'm super excited. Also, um, outside of that, to speak on the sister league with the WNBA, um, potentially the biggest brand in the NBA shed a light on his daughter is going to be huge for the WNBA as well. I thought she was going to be an ambassador. She was going to be an ambassador for the WNBA. So it's super important that um, her statue was tangible. Um God rest her soul, as well as those other people who were in that unfortunate accident. So um, I'm super excited. Uh, still a little bit sad, but more excited than sad. Because uh, if anybody deserved multiple trophies in L.A., it's Kobe Bryant. And that's how I feel about him. That's 100. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P., man. That's about it. You know, we're going to end it there. We appreciate y'all turn, tuning in. <clears throat> Make sure to like, comment. And subscribe where you hear and or see the pod and follow us on social media at media then underscore at young Rilla, um, at real hoops underscore and get into your hoop weekend strong folks. We'll talk to you next later. Well, next week. Peace. It's Rilla, baby.